So I was talking to one of my colleagues the other day who works on our iOS application. We started off the conversation with local database options on the client, like, you know, uh, Realm, SQLite, and uh, talking about advantages, disadvantages. And then he mentioned something that just blew my mind. A typical use case when you have a marginally complex system is a parent-child relationship, right? So we were talking about how you would model this in a local database. And then he said, oh, yeah, you got to be extra careful because with those relationships, you know, you don't want retained cycles. And this sounded a lot like a memory leak type situation to me. So I probed him further and that led me to the idea of creating this mini fragment episode. The world of garbage collection and reference counting. From the Spec Network, this is Fragmented an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Kaushik, and I'll be taking you through today's fragment. Don's at the Microsoft Connect event, uh, so you should follow him on Twitter to see his crazy adventures. So as I chatted with my colleague more and I did my research, I kind of understood the differences. It all boils down uh, to the differences between how garbage collection is done in Java or the JVM, or Android, and how the equivalent concept is done on iOS, which for those of you uh, who are curious, is called reference counting. So let's start off with a little theory. Most of us are already aware of what garbage collection, or GC as it's commonly referred to, uh, is. But in a nutshell, it's the process by which we free up memory. So GC is the process that essentially triggers the recycling of memory once and Android app is done using it. So if you're done using a whole bunch of variables and objects in your uh, method, your class, your activity, whatever, those all take up actual memory on what is called heap. And since you don't have infinite memory, at some point, those have to be released, right? That process that releases it is called garbage collection. Now, reference counting is also a very similar process. Well, it's similar in that the objective is the same, but the way it's achieved is actually pretty radically different. To be accurate, uh, there are many kinds of algorithms for garbage collection, but the most common one and uh, the one that Android uses for the most part is called mark and sweep. Now, the advantage with the mark and sweep algorithm is that it's the first one that could actually reclaim cyclic data structures. And This is important, especially when you compare it to iOS's way of uh, doing reference counting. But we'll get to that uh, in due course. When using mark and sweep, unreferenced objects are uh, not reclaimed immediately. Instead, what happens is like the garbage or like the unreferenced objects is allowed to accumulate until all the available memory has been exhausted. And when that happens, the execution of the program is suspended temporarily while that mark and sweep algorithm just collects all the uh, garbage, so so to speak. By the way, when this actually happens, it halts your UI for a quick second. And this is terrible because uh, this is what we usually call UI stutter or jank. So if you actually run low on memory and this starts to happen a lot, it's called, uh, it's this concept called thrashing. So garbage collection thrashing happens. But coming back to the topic, once uh, all your 
unreferenced objects have been reclaimed, the normal execution of the program can just resume. So the interesting question that you may ask at this point is, well, how exactly does the OS know or like detect if an object is unused, right? So the way GC works is that the evaluation for whether something needs to be collected or not starts at this point called a GC route or a garbage collection route. Just think of this as like a sort of linkless structure where you have like a starting node or like a tree structure. And from that node, you keep trying to track the next reference. So if you start with object A and that reference is another object, then you jump to that object. And then you see all the other references for that object. And then you continue this process, so on. And as you go along the way, you keep marking these objects, right? Then at the very end, what the garbage collection process does is it steps back and sees, hey, what are the different objects that were not marked? And if it was not marked, then essentially you can say that these are not referenced by anyone. And you can just say, hey, this basically amounts to garbage. And you can release the resources that are being used up by those objects, right? So that's how uh, the mark and sweep algorithm in a very simple uh, and basic way functions. Now you should actually remember this mechanism is pretty cool because it also accounts for cyclic references. We'll touch that a little later again when we try to compare and contrast the differences. Okay, we've talked about how GC works at this point and we have a good understanding of that. Let's dive into uh, the dark territory. Let's see how iOS basically does its version of uh, garbage collection. Now you see in the early days of iOS, or actually more accurately, it's Objective-C programming, they had to actually count and release these references that happened for us automatically in GC. They had to do those manually. So every time you create and are like done with a variable, you actually had to write code. You had to, you had to write real code saying, hey, retain this or release that. Retain and release are actual methods. They're like real Objective-C methods that you had to write, uh, basically telling uh, the system, hey, okay, it's time to collect these references and keep doing like collect this, retain this. And I know what you're thinking. This is like barbaric, right? Well, that's basically what uh, the process was for the longest time. They called it MRR or manual retain release. But then uh, with, I think it's Xcode 4.2, at least that's what like uh, the little online research that I did turned up. Apple introduced this concept called ARC. ARC stands for Automatic Reference Counting. And what ARC does is it automatically inserts all of these retain and release methods that we just talked about. It just basically does it for you. So you don't have to manually write those, which is kind of cool. And this is... Uh, this is similar to GC in that you don't necessarily have to, as a developer, you don't have to take care of this. It's just like it happens on its own. But you still have to remember the process is still the same. It's still very much a reference counting process, which is a little different from the garbage collection process that we previously discussed. Okay, and uh, reference counting works by basically marking heap objects by the number of uh, parties or like the number of people or variables that refer to them. So on the side, it actually keeps like this running tally of like the number of references. So saying, uh, okay, person one needs this. Okay, let's bump that reference count to up. Okay, one more person needs this. Let's bump it up to two. Uh, hey, there's that other person who needs this. Okay, bump the reference up to three. And now you say, oh, actually, this person no longer needs it. So let's release it. So then that reference goes down to two. 
and and so on the whole you you basically on the side keep like this running tally of like the references for that object and when that number finally drops to zero so we keep constantly checking it right like throughout the program we are always like having this running tally of references and finally when that drops to zero you can assume that that object is no longer needed because it has zero references and that's how uh, the memory is released because at that point you say i no longer need this object because uh, my reference count has gone to zero so i can release it so as you see it's it's done in a very very different way from a uh, garbage collection so while gc just waits for some time before uh, kick starting this side process uh, that side process then performs this whole mark and sweep that we talked about it cleans everything and then says okay you're all good to go because i freed everything that uh, I, i thought uh, can be freed but with the reference counting it isn't like it waits for like the separate process called gc to happen on the side reference counting always happens it's constantly just checking the references and releasing them at every single step right so you can see it's a very different approach gc clubs the complete process and just does it all at once uh, but reference counting distributes that work so instead of doing it all in one big chunk it just breaks it into extremely smaller chunks but constantly just keeps doing that process right okay so now that you have an idea about how each of these processes work let's enter the holy war territory right so okay which is better gc or reference counting well it's really hard to answer that question because there are just so many variables right so in different situations one approach works better in other situations the other works better Uh, how much total memory do you have because that would also matter how often do you do object allocations because if you keep doing like multiple object allocations uh, uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> then uh, all that can also like play into this uh, decision right so instead of trying to come up with like a single answer let's just in general talk about the advantages and the disadvantages of each approach so that way we can make an educated uh, guess of the situations where one would beat the other right all right so let's start off with the first one the biggest ding against garbage collection which is what we as android developers use is that it's unpredictable so let's talk about why it's unpredictable you see we know garbage collection will happen but we don't exactly know when it'll happen like the garbage collector can essentially just kick off any time right the gc the gc will just like decide hey uh i'll run whenever i feel like it and you know i feel now is a good time boom i can just like run the gc process and this can kind of be a problem because if you don't exactly know when this process kicks off or when it happens then at some point maybe if you're running like this crazy cool animation on uui and then the gc decides to kick in what will happen is it'll cause a jank because there's no guarantee to have a consistent a sort of delta time between one frame and the other and so some frames are going to get skipped because your gc process just decided to kick in at that point and that will cause like uh, this ui stutter or jank and everyone who cares about like a very smooth buttery ui performance will totally call us out on that process arc or reference counting which is what uh, again ios uses is super predictable because you see these retain release methods are automatically just like jotted down almost at compile time right because we know exactly by this arc mechanism when the references are going to go down because that code is just like right in front of you it's all like just the variables that you see right uh now i must say there isn't necessarily a guarantee that uh, arc will happen or like that process will happen but 
it's what we call deterministic. The lifetime of every object is extremely clearly defined. And you probably know with a great uh, sense of assurance that it's going to kick in. Also, uh, the reference counting or the actual collection happens in a very incremental fashion as we discussed, right? It isn't a big chunk. It's like distributed in very smaller chunks. So it constantly happens in very small time periods. And so because of this, there are no long pauses uh, for that collection cycles. So this case of like the UI uh, jank or the stutter happening is the chances are far more lower because you can very clearly figure out like the state of the world of all your objects and you can decide when to kick in and when to not uh, kick in. Many folks say that in the early days, this was basically the prime reason why Android was considered to be pretty janky or uh, it never had that buttery smooth experience that our iOS counterparts enjoyed. Now, uh, with recent efforts like uh, Project Butter from Google, this has changed. And so like the same arguments don't necessarily hold. But conceptually, the uh, uh, it's still the same, right? Like, so the concepts are still the same. You still have a GC that kicks in. And uh, uh, with reference counting, it still happens incrementally at each point. Along the same lines, there's another disadvantage. This is RAM usage. You see, with reference counting, objects are uh, released or reclaimed as soon as they can no longer be referenced, right? So when you remember in this side tally that happens, the minute it drops to zero, like immediately it gets collected. So typically on memory constrained environments like mobile devices, like this is great because you don't necessarily hold on to the reference any longer than you actually need to. Because once the reference goes down, boom, immediately you free that and that memory is opened up to you to be uh, used. So your RAM is actually reclaimed faster. But with garbage collection, on the other hand, you keep accumulating that garbage for a longer period of time, right? So until the GC finally decides to like kick in, your RAM is just basically going to be used up. This is also why in, again, the early days, you would say Android phones, many device manufacturers used to like advertise, hey, the Android phones now have like 2 GB RAM or like 3 GB RAM. Uh, but the iPhone for the longest time just had like a single GB of RAM, right? And people online would go nuts. They would just lose it. They were like, how is it that Apple is so cheap? Like, you know, they just, they don't want to spend any of their own money and they put just one GB of RAM in their phones. And it still manages in most cases to beat the UI in terms of like performance than other sort of Android phones. And well, in the early days, this was definitely a big reason because like the garbage collection was not necessarily optimized. Again, I keep saying the early days because now, like the GC process is really tuned to run correctly, right? So potentially, instead of waiting for that long, it actually kicks in faster when it knows that it can and it isn't necessarily at a point where it's going to stall the UI. There are other episodes that we've done and also like on other podcasts where they talk in detail about this process. So just keep that in mind. So at this point, you're thinking, wait a minute, this arc thing, this whole reference counting thing is probably a better idea than garbage collection, right? Because you've already seen the advantages, well, it's not all rosy there either. So let's talk about some of the uh, disadvantages of ARC and the advantages of garbage collection. Retain cycles. Now, this is basically the topic that actually spawned it all for me, right? Like, so my iOS colleague who was saying like retain cycles are a pain in the butt to deal with. Well, retain cycles. They happen because of what are known as circular references. Now, what does that mean? Let's just take an example, right? So say object A references object B and object B references object C. So you have like this straight A depends on B depends on C structure. But object C now goes all the way back and references object A. So you have like this circular reference. A depends on B, depends on C, which now whoop, 
comes back and depends on A. If you think about it, this is actually a very big problem for reference counting because even today, iOS engineers like have nightmares about this because it's so simple to introduce this circular reference, right? Because again, think about this reference count uh, tally that's happening on your background. You have A depends on B depends on C. Like essentially, it's never going to go down because like you have this circular reference that's in a loop, right? So if you think about it, and this is not, and this is very easy to introduce. You may think like, oh, maybe that's like a contrived example. When does A depend on B depend on C depend on A? Well, it totally happens, right? If you just take a simple example, say you have like this parent object on uh, uh, in your application, like a father or a mother or something, and the parent has a child. So there's a strong reference between a parent and a child. And if you just pull the child object alone, like a son or a daughter, now this son or daughter might have a parent again. So there would be, again, like a strong reference back to the parent, right? So parent depends on child, strong reference, and child depends on parent, strong reference. What? <laughs> Retain cycle. Now, I'm being a little dramatic, but the way you deal with this is essentially you say, hey, no, 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 no. One of these references is a weak reference, right? So if the parent depends on the child, you say like, let's not make that a strong reference. Let's make that a weak reference. And this weak reference is very similar to how we have weak references in Java. I'm not going to go into those details. But you see, this is like a real problem. Like even with Swift, even with Objective-C, even with all these cool new things that they have, they have to worry about retain cycles because circular references are inherently a problem and a problem that's pretty easy to run into. So you as an iOS developer have to remember to not shoot yourself in the foot with these bi-directional references. Now, if you're curious, you may ask, wait a second, isn't that also the case for us as Android developers? Because if you think about it, like if the references never go, if like that whole A depends on B depends on C depends on A situation, well, all those references are intact. How does like the GC figure this thing out? Like, doesn't the GC also get tricked into always thinking that we need these references? Won't they live in memory forever and basically never be released? Well, if you remember what I mentioned earlier with uh, how GC works and like the definition, this actually won't happen. This is how it's pretty cool because you see the way GC works is the evaluation, as I mentioned before, starts from the GC root, right? It's not like a reference counting thing that happens. You start from the GC root and then you keep traversing and then you mark those objects. And if it so happens that in this path, that chain is not reachable, which is what would happen here, then you're free to like garbage collect all of the rest of the objects, right? Because the from the GC root, you haven't touched those references. It doesn't matter if you're in like your happy private merry-go-round kind of reference circle, you're in your corner, as long as you're not linked to the GC root, you'll be collected. If you actually go into computer science concepts, the mark and sweep algorithm for the garbage collection is actually one of, it was like a breakthrough because it was the first one that could actually deal with circular references. And even to this day, ARC uh, cannot deal with circular references. And the other final thing is, again, when you think about like these computer science concepts that have come along the way, garbage collection is supposed to be more efficient for larger complicated systems, right? So as our systems tend to become more complex, GC probably is going to win eventually. This is because uh, with large applications, you will tend to have non-trivial sort of like object life cycles. Even to this day, we have that, right? So you'll end up spending a lot of your time trying to figure out, well, how exactly do those life cycles work, right? Like, do I have a reference here? Do I have a reference there? Is there maybe like this retained cycle? 
with garbage collection, essentially what happens is you'll just get to write your program much faster and in the long run, you'll just be more efficient. Therein lies like this huge advantage. All right, so now I'll leave you with some final parting thoughts that I found on a Quora and Reddit thread. Android was originally designed to be a general purpose computing platform, right? So there were like many complex things like background services, true multitasking, all of those features came to us early. So if you remember, Android had all of those features really early. And a large part of the reason why we were able to get these things early was because we have, in some ways, we had garbage collections that was like inherently built to accommodate like these complicated systems. But what this meant was obviously that there were compromises made. In. And so like UI fluidity, uh, RAM usage, those are the things where like we suffered. We bit the bullet there and we had to like catch up on the UI flu fluidity and stuff, but that we got some of these other features, right? Art, by the way, not Arc, Art, as in the Android runtime, which is what we currently use, is super optimized. And uh, with initiatives like Project Butter, like a lot of these things are almost indistinguishable, right? So like the performances and all these things are like almost uh, neck to neck. iOS, on the other hand, was actually designed from the ground up to be a very smooth, responsive user interface. So they bit the bullet on some other compromises. So things like low input latency, smooth read, read draws, all this was like a top priority, which is why earlier versions of iOS were like super smooth compared to earlier uh, versions of Android. But again, they had to make compromises. Reference counting is much uh, easier to do with simple systems, but with complicated uh, systems, reference counting is really hard to pull off in an efficient way, right? So this, in my opinion, is also the main reason why iOS got features like background services, like true multitasking, all these came super late to iOS, but the Android world had this like uh, much faster. And obviously these days they do have caught up with Android and like they also have a lot of these uh, similar features. So in the end, uh, it's neck to neck. Every Everyone's like pretty much in the same boat. There isn't necessarily one better way. Uh, I don't think it's easy to say garbage collection is better than reference counting or uh, vice versa, because each of these has its advantages. And both Google and Apple are obviously coming up with some really cool and innovative ways of like circumventing the problems that are inherently present with each of these mechanisms. All right, so hope you enjoyed this sort of deep dive into like this sort of peripheral topic. If you have questions, uh, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I'm Kaushik Gopal on Twitter. I had to do a lot of research, especially in the iOS part of the world because I don't really do iOS development. Uh, I could have maybe said something that's not factually completely accurate in iOS. So I'll make sure to include like all the different links and resources that I did uh, for my research. I'll have those included in the show notes that you can find out at fragmentedpodcast.com. All right, that's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by me, Kaushik, and my buddy Don, who's currently at the Microsoft Connect event. We edit and produce all of the Fragmented episodes ourselves. The amazing Sarah from our Spec Network helps with our production assistance, and she wraps our final mix. Our theme and ad music is produced by Alan Taylor. You can find more episodes of the show on Pocket Casts, on Google Play Music, or any of the other podcast players in town. We kind of love Pocket Casts, though. Our website is fragmentedpodcast.com, and you can find links to all the stuff, as I mentioned, in the website. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. See ya!